hey, hey, greetings, welcome back, God bless you guys. Amen, welcome back, Buckwheat, hope you're having a great day of repentance and going glory to glory. Repentance is the children's bread. Amen. Because how do we digest our bread? Change on the inside. The evidence of digestion, which means that you're learning what you're eating from heaven. Now you have lots of tutors, you have lots of governors from the kingdom of heaven. You don't want to be under the tutelage of the kingdom of hell called the school of hard knocks. You want to be under the tutelage of the kingdom of heaven called the holy angels and the cloud of witnesses and the fivefold government of the word of God. And if you're in that school, you are on a ship in the midst of the sea. Now every day our daily bread comes from the eagle flying in midair. What does it represent in the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ? He's coming from the very throne of God and he's connecting you to a greater glory that we know nothing about, that you never experienced before, as it's written, his mercies are new every morning. Well, where's the mercies? Well, we know the very throne of Jesus Christ is called in the Bible the mercy's seat. It's between the cherubim of the glory. It's the top, it's the angelic covering over the ark. Now in the Old Testament, you had several things inside the ark. How many of y'all know in the New Testament, we have you in the ark. <laughs> that ark is you in the ship in the midst of the sea, as long as you're connected to those angels of the glory and the mercy seat of the Lamb of God. Amen. Don't fall overboard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's repentance. And I tell you the truth, it's not a time to be playing games with sin and rebellion and stubbornness and disobedience and, and thinking you're going to get away with it and boasting against God. It's a time for radical obedience. Instead of radical rebellion, what we've dealt with in earthly Christianity, we need radical obedience. We need softening of heart. We need softening of mind. There's a hardness of the mind where the word is no longer heard. We need a softening of the mind, a plowing of the mind. As is written, I will remove the tares from the mind. So when the mind is no longer able to hear what the eagle is saying midair, they're not on the ship anymore. They've abandoned ship. We've watched thousands and thousands abandon ship over the years, and they just go back to the serpent rock. They do, all of them. I've never seen anyone abandon ship and not go to what the Bible says in Proverbs 30, verse 19, the rock of the serpent. So we need to repent from serpent. What does serpent represent? Lies. Lies. It is a crucifying to the lies of this world. That's why it's a dead snake, both with Moses and with Christ. It is a total crucifixion to all worldliness and all thought life that is influenced by the fallen angels. And the most deceptive part of that is the part of that that appears as light. It appears as goodness. We are the children of Abraham. Jesus Christ said, if you were the children of Abraham, you would love me, for Abraham saw me and rejoiced in me. And Jesus Christ said something different. They said, in their own opinion, in the human nature, we're the children of Abraham, we're Christians, we're faith, we speak in tongues, we go to church. Jesus Christ said boldly to their face, you're not the children of Abraham, you're the children of the devil. And you love doing the fa your father the devil's will. 
Now you say that to people in the charismatic church today, they think you're crazy, but Jesus in the same context said it to the charismatic people of his day, which means we're going to need some radical humility that is practically unknown in the charismatic church in order to hear what the Spirit is saying. And if we have a tender heart, we'll receive it because it's not for our our, our demotion. It's for our promotion. You need to understand God is good. He's only rebuking us so that we can go closer to him in the heavens. He really likes us. He loves us. And therefore, those he likes and loves, he corrects, he chastises. That's written in Revelation 2. That's written in uh, Hebrews 13. And if you're not corrected and chastised, that means that you have completely reject God's love. So God's love is a lot different than false love. Scripture says that it requires chastisement, correction, rebuke, a confrontation with the human nature. You're wrong about everything, buckwheat. The the nefesh is completely wrong. All the nefesh Christianity is Edom and the horror of Babylon and, and nonsense. Well, it's an exposure that people don't necessarily want because we have added so much of Christianity to our humanity. In order to be transfigured by the renewing of our mind, our human Christianity is arch enemy. Even the human charismaticness is arch enemy. That's what Jezebel is, self-inspired. That's what Revelation 2 says, that woman who calls herself a prophetess. Self-inspiration. So we're, we're dealing with a lot of the human being's inspiration that we often are deceived to think it, it has something to do with Jesus Christ, but is nothing less than the high-ranking fallen angels. And so we're called to expose that, bring it into the light, and totally sanctify it, which means burn it in the fire of His glory, which is going to be awesome correction for your benefit and for your holiness and for your clarity and all of that rebellion and the Klingons and the evil spirits that have attached to you, things that have stolen your inheritance, areas where you've never had improvement, areas where you've never had growth, you'll begin to see growth and improvement. Jesus Christ said you'll know them by their fruit, and you begin to see this fruit in your lives. Amen. That's why he didn't say you'll know them by their signs and wonders, visions, and things like that. You'll know them by the fruit. This is really important uh, because that nasty principality of Jezebel that we're talking about today, as horrible as that is, that is what keeps you earthbound. And that is something that will burn out of you all the way through different of Isaiah. And honestly, through the entire world of Isaiah and going through worlds, it's that same kind of an essence that burns out of you. But what we're finding in the heavens is that all of what Jezebel has, her father is even worse, <laughs> even more deceptive, even more cunning, just the nastiest guy possible, more deceiving, false light. Most people are struggling to even understand what Jezebel is or know and that's evident because you're having trouble getting up to the moon or getting into the sun you know it takes a while uh, understand that that's you know the for the pioneers in the heavens is the discernment of the much greater false light like if you think Jezebel's a hard time to discern you know just wait till the heavens book we hopefully it won't even be there by the time you get there mm-hmm. that's our goal and our mission anyway so I want to expose false light false love because you know, uh, if her father, where she gets the power from, is taken out, I think it'll be a lot easier for people to rise. So that's, you know, really something 
to consider for our apostolic mission, and that's what the Lord is doing right now, is destroying false light with the light of true righteousness. So uh, I think, I don't, I don't know that many people really truly understand this. If there's anything you get out of, you know, what I have, at least what I have to say to you today is understand what Brandon's talking about with the hardness of the mind and the heart, where that comes. Why do people chase after Jesus, but they have a hard head and a heart? It's not tender to receive the truth. Nobody likes to be told they're wrong, right? Just check with your spouse next time mm -hmm. and just try it out, you know? You'll find out real quick. Just check with your kids and tell them how wrong they are. Check with your boss at work or your coworkers. Tell them how wrong they are about everything. What are they going to respond with? They're not going to be happy about it. No one likes being wrong. No one likes being wrong, especially about spiritual matters when you consider yourself a spiritual person because you've had spiritual experiences, some of which were good, some of which are false. Most of it is a very large mixture of a lot of sin and some stuff from God. And so that's where people start to get into the double-mindedness, the sadness, the sorrow. They lose their minds progressively. We want to keep you in the sound mind of Christ. And this is why, this is the switch that you need to make. When I first got into God-inside-mindedness, one of the principles that Brandon was teaching that I clung to, and this is the only thing that helps me out sometimes in the heavenlies, is judge by the fruit, not by the signs and wonders, not by the visions and dreams, not by the manifestations. Yes, those things follow the apostolic and the word of God, but here's, here's the problem with that. When you get up into the high realms of the heavenlies, the amount of signs, wonders, and miraculous that the highest level principalities of the Clippith have available to them from stolen light for so many thousands of years looks better than pretty much anything you'll find in earthly Christianity and the top of the mount, even top of the mountain uh, Christianity. Top of Malkut Christianity, best glory you've ever experienced. Is there honestly not much compared to the stolen false light of the principalities in the high places? And so if your grid for judging something is by, you know, the gold, we love the gold dust, gold dust, visions, I wouldn't trust any vision. Dreams, after what I've seen in the heavenlies, I wouldn't trust dreams, I wouldn't trust visions, I wouldn't trust nothing. Because it's all, it's all lies, everything's a lie. Wait, why? Because the heavens, the second heavens are flooded with the demons, principalities. Why? Because man at the curse of the fall handed it over to Satan. That's who's running the show in the heavens. That's why when they say on earth as it is in heaven, or in the occult, they say as above, so below. What is it? False light that deceives, even if possible, the elect. So this is the one tool uh, that you need, this toolkit in your tool belt. Judge by the fruit. They can't bake, they can have an appearance of some fruit, but it doesn't last. So notice, regardless of signs and wonders, regardless of visions, visions and dreams, it's written in, there's, you know, in the book of Enoch, in the Bible, and even in some of the Apocrypha it talks about dreams will get you killed. So a lot of you, if you're a very um, naturally gifted seer, if you have a lot of dreams, a lot of you, you've made it this far because you've had vision. You got the seer anointing. Someone laid hands on you or you waited on the Lord. 
and you prayed for your eyes to open, and you have visions. Well, guess what, Buckwheat? Principalities can manipulate gifts. Jezebel, if, if, if you're not as big or as big or bigger, bigger than Jezebel, guess what? If she comes around to you, she can take over your tongues. Like some of you, you have messed up Google Translates and you don't post them online and you worry about if you're demon possessed. Sometimes it's just because a principality is trying to use you because if you get close to the apostolic, 100% guaranteed, these principalities will try to hop in your body and will use try to use you at some point. If you do not have the full armor of God on, if you're not in full submission to the apostolic with your heart, they will get into your body and they will use your gifts, which means they will use your tongues. They will use your visions and your dreams. Uh, they will do all kinds of deceptions. They can do uh, gold dust, diamond dust. They can do uh, angel feathers, whatever. They have all kinds of apparitions they can do. Now, is what is this? Oh, are you trying to fear monger? No, we're, we need a serious reality check, especially for this company, because if you don't learn to judge by the fruit, you will be deceived on your way up. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And I know that after 10 worlds of cosmic ascension and dealing with every single one of these principalities that we've had to deal with so far, that's what you're going to need. And what's the fruit? Get to know the fruit. I can tell you from experience in, in the early years of full-time ministry, the main thing the demons used to deceive people and lead them astray was dreams. And now this is written in Jeremiah. When there's sin in your life, all your dreams are polluted. And um, corrupted dreams, they, it comes from the clippeth. And so a person that has no heavenly understanding and is still a very earthly person, like serpent on a rock, reality, and they have a really a, a huge mixture of their human nature, and that heart circumcision is unknown to 99% of born-again believers right now in the church, it means the demonic influence is going to be a lot. Now, here's what you cling to. You cling to the sword. You cling to the daily bread. The same things the Exodus required for coming out of Egypt and coming out of the wilderness are essential life sources for you coming out of the earth into the heavens today. They all represent the absolute needed tools for success against everything trying to kill you visibly and invisibly. You had nations trying to destroy them, sorcerers trying to destroy them in the wilderness. You had nations and sorcerers trying to destroy them in Egypt. In each and every area, even in the promised land, which represents the new heavens and conquering the heavens, there was still nations there. In fact, the worst nations there, the Nephilim, trying to steal from them and kill them all, which means we're going to have a lot of enemies. And the enemies in the promised land, which is the glory realm, they came and pretended to be friends. The ones in the wilderness did not come and pretend. Amalek, Balaam, that's all wilderness activity. They tried to curse them. They didn't pretend to be friends. In Egypt, they didn't. Pharaoh did not pretend to be a friend of the Israelites. He's killing the babies. He's threatening Moses. It was total. But here in the promised land, see this now. They pretended to be allies. We, they pretended to be friends with Israel, and therefore they remained in the land. And to this day, guys, those are the Palestinians. 
Okay? So the most deceptive thing, guys, is going to be those that have the appearance of good and appearance of being brothers and sisters in Christ. And if you read 1 John, 1 John says, they came out from amongst us but were never of us, which means you're going to have a continuous revealing of people you thought were good Christians, disciples of the Holy Ghost. Oh, they spoke in tongues, Brandon. Oh my gosh, they had signs and wonders. You never saw the fruit buckwheat. You never had discernment. And so people are constantly surprised. Why? Because they're not looking and judging and discerning fruit. In fact, because we're so removed from the Garden of Eden, we don't even know what the Garden of Eden fruit to discern false and true even looks like, let alone tastes like. Taste and see that the fruit is good, it is written. Open your mouth and I'll fill it with the fruit of the Garden of Eden, it is written. But if you don't even know what it is, that therefore you must be around it to know what it is. That's why we need the mature and the fivefold. You don't have many fathers in Christ. What is a father in Christ? Apostle Paul says it's someone who has plenty of experience with God in heaven for the benefit of the God of heaven without the selfishness and the purposes of self, which means they're really sanctified. They live for the kingdom purposes. Guys, we need to produce this in all of you, raising up children to be good leaders. You know, you're here for training and reigning, which means to be good leaders. And God wants to raise you up in that faithfulness. I love this verse from Samuel, that I would raise for myself a faithful priest. Faithfulness. Now, when you're young in the Lord, you can't be faithful. You don't even know what faithfulness is. It's like I'm trying to be faithful and you're offended because you're trying so hard. Listen, man, the school was that Samuel stayed under Eli and he was always at the temple and grew up in the temple. He says, I will raise my faithful priest, which means he didn't know what faithfulness was. He's going to Eli. I'm hearing, I don't know what I'm hearing. He didn't know nothing. He was just there, but because he stayed there, he was raised there. Yeah. Therefore, the faithful priest was raised, Judge Samuel. And that represents God the Father, the fathers of the faith. And, and so it requires a person that's in the temple. What yeah, kind the of temple? Power. He was in the temple of the Holy Ghost. He was soft, he was hearing, he was, he was tender-hearted, and he was vulnerable. He went to his leaders, even though he saw the corruption of Eli's house. When God spoke to him, what did he say to him? I am so displeased with the leadership of the temple you're currently living in. I will remove Eli. I will remove his wicked, wicked sons and destroy their posterity from the face of the earth. You know what? The, the little boy shared the message with the grown man who's running the whole church, who's running the whole mega ministry of the whole universe. And Eli said, yep, yep, that's God. He knew it was God because no child is going to be that harsh in rebuking a father unless he's hearing from God. But he had the evidence of hearing from God. There was the manifestations of God all around the boy. And then what does the Bible say? I love this verse. Every year, Hannah would bring that tunic, the new tunic for the child. What is the new tunic for the child as the priest grows up in the temple? Greater responsibility. I was seeing that as the apostleship. <laughs> as you were saying that, stay inside the ship. Right? Don't go overboard. Uh, when I was just uh, taking a look here in the spirit at all these you know, people who have survived the worst battles, 
Nothing's taken them out. They've endured so much. There's some of y'all are, you got a couple of champions. You guys have just been through, you know, again, I, I called, said it the other day, hell in a hand basket and back again. And uh, the staying power, that's, whoa. The, whoa, whoa, that's big. That's the staying power of the loyalty and the faithfulness. Uh, despite any enemy opposition, whatever enemy lies come, whatever hardships you know you go through or the team goes through, you have the staying power of loyalty and faithfulness, which means you don't abandon ship. Stay at your post no matter what. That's the mark of a good soldier. You know, would you want to go to war? Let's say you sign up for military. Don't think spiritual for a moment. Just think regular military, like Navy SEALs, whatever. And you're training for months, sometimes years, with the same people. Now, if they can't make it through basic training and they can't make it through special training without freaking out and going crazy and hurting <laughs> others, you know, there are certain people you won't want to go to war with. Why is that? Because when, when the grenades are going off and the little buckwheat gets wide-eyed and realizes, oh crap, this is real life and death. This isn't patty cake in the sand anymore. It, it's real life and death. And so you know, there's grace to learn as you grow, but once, once sin is exposed and revealed for what it is, you have to be like, you really have to be quick to repent and quick to get on the highway of holiness. And you know, this is war and the, the sides, both sides are warring for your soul, like your souls right now. And I know that's a little bit of an intensity, but I want you to feel some of that right now because as you're rising, you want to walk in what the Father has prepared for you, not what the fallen angels have prepared for you. And I know most of you might agree when you say, oh yes, yes, don't look for signs and, don't just follow signs and wonders, check for fruit, check for fruit. I know you're like, yes, 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 possible, yes. But then the majority of you, if you all of a sudden got a deception tomorrow and it was followed with all the gold dust signs and wonder, but I got an angel feather, you'd be posting it on Facebook that day without even really thinking, well, what's fruit? So just let it, make it real. Don't think about somebody else. Think about you. Because these principalities are much smarter than us. They're, they've had a way more experience. And the things that, uh, you know, is your a part of this apostleship, the, the enemies that uh, you'll be facing or that we'll be facing together, it's not gonna be you one-on-one -on -one against them, otherwise you'd probably die. You would definitely die, is, uh, these are the apostle killers, the prophet killers. Uh, these, uh, some of the, um, they have marks on them. Like uh, they have little different marks on the demons that they get in their skin. And it's like a bragging rights in uh, hell. Uh, some of these, these are like, you know, uh, the, was it Jeff Jansen? The, Je mm -hmm. the Jeff Jansen killers, the, the, the big name, uh, uh, the Bob Jones, you know, killer, the one who killed him the first time. Uh, th these are apostle killers and prophet killers, and they're proud of their track record because they've been pretty much successful in their career in killing prophets and apostles. And the way they do that is through signs and wonders and glory manifestations, angel flashes, diamonds, physical diamonds, diamond dust, uh, angel feathers, dreams, visions, even experienced seers giving you visions. Learn to test the spirit. And beyond that, 
You need to test the fruit and learn to walk the walk of faith. What is the walk of faith? The realm of faith is the Sephiroth. We walk by faith and not by sight. Yes, the, the dreams and the visions can help, but unless your intentions are being purified and you're really connecting with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, there's going to be mixture. And if you look in the oral tradition of Moses, it talks about any clinging to the other side, which means potential foreskins. That's the message you're going to be receiving. And according to some Jewish sages who study the oral tradition of Moses, they say, they actually say that every dream has mixture of both kingdoms in it. And so understand when you have dreams and you have visions, go ahead and assume both kingdoms just spoke to you. Now, sort out the meat from the bones and put it to the test and check the fruit. So what is the walk of faith? You're not chasing after signs and wonders or using signs and wonders to justify revelation that could have impurities in it, but let it be refined seven times over as the dross out of the silver, the dross out of the gold. And what does that mean? Instead of relying on, well, I felt a lot of glory. It was the best I ever felt. Heard that a million times, right? People in the, where are they? They're gone, taken out. Some of them killed physically. Well, I felt so much joy. Again, you can't rely on that. It's good that you're feeling joy, but that false joy, there's a whole tribe of demons with the, the Joker spirit, and they've killed a lot of people in the glory stream, and they're proud of it. You know, we're not happy about it. God's not happy about it, but we're here to give you the tools so that what took out all the former leaders of former movements is not going to take you out. That's the whole purpose. It's not about how you feel about it. It's not about what you like. Remember, this is the military of God. It's about, you know, you want to survive so you can fight in the war and not just survive, but have confidence to walk in faith. Some of you need to get rid of the confidence in the gifts. Because these principalities that we're facing, they use and manipulate all of the gifts. Yeah, that's true especially when you're not fully circumcised. So your confidence in your ability, I have a gift from God. It's gotten you this far. Well, guess what? Why did it get you this far? There was nobody that big opposing you in the spirit. Those littler demons, they don't know how to manipulate gifts very well. They're like the peons, the little grunts of the enemy army. All, most, until you get to the top of the mountain to Joel's bar, most of it's just the little guys. You may have had some skirmishes with other stuff, but they're little. Those are tiny compared to your final enemy at the Battle of the Valley, which is Jezebel, and she's nothing compared to her father, uh, Molech. And so it's not to scare you, but I do hope the fear of the Lord consumes all of us in a much greater way, and that we learn to walk by faith. What is the walk of faith? My angel, yeah, he likes this part. I know, um, you know, you gotta learn from our mistakes. We've, you know, we've gone up into the Sephra and pioneered. As a pioneer, whoever's been forgiven much loves much. And so you have to understand when you're coming out of Malkut, when you're coming up the Sephra, there is nothing in you that's better than anybody else. There's nothing in you that's better than Mike Bickle. There's nothing in you, you know what, you probably would have sinned worse. Almost guarantee it. 
At least the man had some training, you know? There's nothing in you that's better than anybody who's done any sin in the whole world. It's all human garbage. It's all filth. It's all the stench of human self-righteousness, yeah. of the white and black witchcraft and magic. And don't think that you're any better or that you would have any better because you think that way and you've never faced a principality who could manipulate all of the gifts of the Spirit, which means the fivefold. But what's the fivefold for? To build you up into maturity and as we're beginning to start to we're like baby walking into maturity is the walk of faith and that is purity righteousness and the word of god the word of god and the spirit of god which means your walk of faith is likely going to go against what your tongues say and when you're under the pressure of a principality you have to choose to go against the signs and wonders the tongues and your interpretation of tongues, your dreams and your visions that all sound like God talking to you. And if you can't hold up to that, then you can't walk in the cosmos because you're not going to be strong enough and you don't know the Lord who is the word of God. And he will rescue you. You've got to get out of the addiction. It's a spirit of addiction to leaning and relying on external gifts of the spirit and even your innate ability as a seer because I know a lot of your visions are totally messed up right now and understand it's because you're dealing with principalities that oppose the cosmic apostolic so what are you gonna do learn to test the fruit and produce fruit if you're a fruit producer you can be a more accurate fruit checker and you're gonna need to stay connected with your tribe I like what you said about the boat today about the safety of staying in the boat. The ship has all the armory. The ship has the battle station. It has the mess hall for food and provisions. So the ship is really your embattlement for getting through this world. And everyone's assigned to a ship. It's absolutely the truth anyhow. Proverbs 30 verse 19. The way of the ship in the midst of the sea. And this is your ascension with a group of people that God the Father through his angels, has assigned to you for your spiritual growth in Christ. And you'll have tremendous progress as long as you're benefiting the ship you're assigned to. In fact, you can make your ship as glorious and as blessed and as shiny and upgraded as you have, really have a vision for the ship that God's assigned to you, which is really a ministry, an apostleship, RLM TV, those assigned here, and really get the vision of the ship. Now, while you're on the ship, upgrade. And this upgrade, I was seeing this verse here, Revelation 7.17, And the good shepherd shall lead them to the springs of the waters of life. Now, the good shepherd, what does he have? He comes with the shepherd's crook. One half of it is for taking the neck of the sheep and pulling it in direction of safety. And the other half of it is for beating off wolves, bears, you know, any kind of enemy that would do harm to the sheep. So you have the spirit of Jesus Christ. Don't let anyone think you are alone. You do not have an, an alone orphan spirit. The Bible says, Emmanuel, God is with us. The spirit of Christ Jesus is with us, and he is with us, the Bible says, as a good shepherd. Good shepherding of the spirit of Christ does two things. It beats the enemies off. 
And so every day at Joel's bar, you'll notice, since the Spirit of Christ possesses us and breathes through our souls for your benefit, it beats off the enemies. It exposes the enemies. We're always using the shepherd's crook. And then the other side of it is for for guidance. Get on the ship, Buckwheat. Get in. This is where you need to be. This is your part of the body. Here, listen and be moved by the shepherd's step. But there are consequences. Many people choose to no longer be sheep. Only sheep, which means those that are willing to receive the shepherd's crook, are moved. It goes around your neck. That's not always comfortable, is it? Oh, that's right. You're hurting me. If you want to stay a sheep, you have to let the good shepherd move you by your neck to the mm-hmm. place where you're going to be. And the people that refuse the crook for up around their neck from the good shepherd, guess what? They're choosing goat. A goat is someone that says, I'm around the shepherd, but I get no crook. Guys, those people are everywhere. Those are called false brethren. False brethren are around the sheep everywhere, but they never receive the crook. There's there's no beating off of enemy. In fact, they say, oh, we love our enemies. We're surrounded by our enemies. Our enemies influence. Oh, yeah, we can see that clearly. We have that discernment. And there's never any correction. They never listen to the apostles or prophets. They're always doing their own thing. They're always lone rangers. They're always rebellious. Guys, goats, goats, goats. Now, listen. A goat can become a sheep simply by embracing the crook. The first thing is allow that thing to go around your neck and to move you or the Spirit of Christ is trying to take you to a ship where you can be a sheep. The ship is only for sheep. Listen, if a goat tries to approach this, this ship, it is like the days of Noah. No, you can't get on board. These ships are for sheep only and you need to understand that. There is protocol inside the kingdom. So inside the city gates are what? People that wear the white garments that are that are available for correction, teaching, rebuke, and also from what they've learned through correction from the shepherd's crook, they can share it with other sheep. And out of my sheepfold, I will raise up shepherds. It is written of David and many Davids and, and many will be like David that learn how to receive correction. They learn how to receive all the things that God has for training them up to be a good leader. Amen. Amen. And if that's you, if you are a goat and you're watching this, or you feel like maybe I am a goat, and you, don't go into fear. Uh, this is what I heard was that verse where it says, kill the goat and have fun with your mm. friends. Amen. You just kill the goat. Come out from the goat nature. So slaughter it where? At the cross. That's where that goat nature goes to die. And Jesus Christ is going to be alive within you. So it is no longer you who lives, but Christ in you. And if you have any experience in supernatural Christianity, I'm going to say this as nicely as possible. Most of your entire relationship with God as you know it, that's been confirmed to you with signs, wonders, visions, and dreams, and manifestations, is actually a false Jesus. And it heals it heals your body physically because... Uh, those are the waters of lust. In the book of Enoch, and the days that are coming, those waters of lust that heal your bodies from your fornication with a false Jesus is actually the waters that will disfigure your spirit permanently if you don't repent and come out of it. So uh, there's very strong physical healings, manifestations of glory, and it's all fornication with a false Jesus. 
So just understand you can't go by, well, but, but the healing. But I saw Jesus. What did you make him every single time you saw? Every time I have an encounter with the Lord, confess to me Jesus Christ came in the flesh. If you find yourself slacking off in that, guess what, Buckwheat? It's time to repent. God will never be mad at you. The angels will never be mad at you for testing them every single time because they know the war. And they know the weakness of the human flesh and the human heart, which is wicked and deceitful above all things. And many of you also, at the sound of my voice, have believed false destinies. We talked about the God of destiny. We addressed that, I think, with some weeks back or maybe a month or two back. But overcoming the God of false destiny, they take your destiny scroll and they read it through a membrane to you. You know, you're meant to be kings and queens and lords and ladies and your royalty. But what they do is they go into self-false promotion and build up the human part of you, the part that needs to die, the flesh, the carnal nature, that you've applied all the gifts of the spirit to, that, that's your supernatural, you know, your supernatural abilities that you have, that you've been a good Christian, you've been seeking Christ, you've been so persecuted, blah, 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 blah. Enter, you know, sob story. You gotta let go of that because that's the deception. That part of you doesn't have a destiny. It doesn't. So when people get into rebellion, why do, why do children rebel against their fathers and mothers, their spiritual fathers and mothers? Because there's a false destiny scroll or a per, like a perversion of that scroll when it's read to you by the god, the false god of destiny. You know, you get into Bella and the dragon. Get some Daniel wisdom. Right? You could learn dreams, interpretation of dreams, visions. You can walk in power signs, wonders, healings. You can do remote seeing. I've seen it all. We have people, you know, they see in the spirit, remote seeing, all that stuff. The only thing that matters is Christ in you and him crucified. And the fruits of your crucifixion with Christ are the stepping stones of the Sephirot, but it has to be real. And if you don't have, if you don't do it correctly while rising, you will not survive in the end. That's why it's important that you do it accurately. The teaching is there, but check the fruit of your own production of the life of Christ and make sure that it's producing life. If not, the sin produces more sin after its own kind until it bears the fruit of death and so if you if that's you i highly encourage you don't worry about studying a lot of the master class and the oral tradition you just need to get into the bible spot go through the epistles go through peter go through jude go through james all the way through the book of revelation and repeat and put it into those eye sockets and get crucified and you may even just want to write it down or you can type it in the comments that you know for your angels if you're in agreement you want to be taken out of the school of hard knocks take me out of the school of hard knocks and put me in the heavenly academy Amen. on the apostleship kill the goat i want to be a sheep just write it down if that's you don't wait don't worry about what everybody else is going to think about you just write it down and let the angels that are watching that see that and go ahead and move people where they need to be bam <laughs> and be loose from the influence of all Moloch and all of the false shepherding of Satan and all the false Shekinah of Jezebel. Bang! Be loose out of your soul. 
and get into the apostolic of righteousness. Amen. Amen. So God's wanting to lead you into fresh, tender, green pastures and lay you down beside the still refreshing waters to restore your soul. That sounds like surgery on sheep. (laughs) (laughs) For a sheep to lay down, that often happens with sheep when they've been feeding a lot. I've searched the scriptures. There's no way for the inner man to change to produce outer repentance, which means all the success that you desire in life requires the inner thought life of the heart to be transformed. And I've searched the scriptures. There's no way to do it other than the Bible. (laughs) B-I-B-L-E. The Word of God, not your human interpretation, machine gunning it, which means bypassing your carnal mind and sitting there trying to figure out every verse. You ain't going to figure it out. It's a spiritual word. It's only understood spiritually. When it hits your spirit and your brain can lose control from controlling everything, then from your spirit comes divine intelligence. The inner intelligence is the mind of Christ. Do you value the intelligence of the light that comes from the digestion of the scriptures into your spiritual stomach? Or do you read the Bible for head knowledge, which is all the demons? The demons, every time they tempt people in the Bible, they're using scripture. So all the demons know the whole Bible, usually better than the Christians. The issue is, once you have the Bible mixed with your spirit, the light that comes from even the few verses you know is supercharged. Colossians 1 says that superhuman energy that he so mightily enkindles and works within you. Guys, that's when that seed of the scriptures through your Bible time, looking into the word, paying more attention to the word it is written for what? That morning star. What is bright morning star? Jesus Christ, Revelation 22. I am the bright morning star and I am the roots of David. What does that mean? I am the manifest Shekinah of the scriptures. That's what bright morning star roots of David realities are. It is the full light that comes out of the Bibles you already have. Now, a lot of people don't have much light out of their Bibles if they understood how that, that is how light comes to be in the world. I think we'd have a much greater desire to get into the Bible. But if you read the Bible for any other purpose than the glory of the Father, you are in danger of becoming Pharisees. What is the seed of the Pharisees? The Bible. Guys, all they did was teach the Bible. Now, you need to listen to me because this stuff is some of the stuff that just destroys believers after they're born again. You've encountered it. It's tried to take all you out. It's religious seed. They were called the teachers of the law. What's the law? What you call Bible. They were Bible teachers that did not read the word or study the word for the glory of of the God of heaven. They were reading it for the glory of man. They were reading it for the glory. That's really how you get into the fallen angels is studying the scripture for the glory of man and the glory of a woman. And if we're honest with ourselves, that's what everyone does in serpent rock Christianity. That's what everyone does in earthly 
Edomite Christianity. They studied the scriptures not to be approved in the light of the Father's throne room amongst the archangels like we need to do, but they do it to be approved of men or, this is the worst, self-approved. Self-approvement is the stamp and seal of Jezebel owning your Christian souls. That's why she's called self-inspired, self-approved. I did it. I did this. All of it puffs up in pride, if you haven't noticed. That's why there's so much offense in the Christian church. To get out of that, it's simply learning how to study the scriptures as we ought to. Children's bread, it's called. Little children are not going to be puffed up. You know, although sometimes in the, the human nature, they go to kindergarten, they come home, and they're telling their parents how smart they are because they learned, you know, five plus five, or they learned where Texas or Montana was mm -hmm. on a map or something. Now they're and, better know, than all the other kids. Yeah, I'm better, I'm than, better you than you now that I know. Listen, so that's why you need that daily correction, that daily, that's why you pick up your cross and follow mm -hmm. me daily. Because every day, even in the light of the word, the good shepherding, the true fivefold in the river for the throne of the Lamb and the Messiah's glory and the Messiah's name in the forehead. That means that all the stuff that goes in in the mind is for the Messiah on the throne. Even then, there is a daily death and a daily picking up your cross to following him in higher realms. Now listen, you get a lot of people that are carrying crosses. You know what that makes? What is a cross? Wood. Ship. That's what a ship is. An apostle's ship is a group of people who are all carrying legitimate crosses yep. of Christ crucified to death. These people together through that wood that never decays, that's the crucified life of Jesus Christ. That's what builds the ship. That's what builds the ark of the days of Noah mm -hmm. is you all have your individual crosses that make up our corporate ship. Amen. And together, this is a great ship of all of the glory of God. And together, we'll have cosmic unity. He's given me a word today about cosmic wow. unity. Wow. I was praying <laughs> for the oil of unity today to, to go from the head and hit the whole body. Amen. Right, come come forth through the cross. We company. didn't talk about that at all before this. Totally spontaneous. Yeah. The prophetic confirmation, guys, <laughs> that God is going to raise up the crucified ones that are really alive to Christ. With, with an understanding that the studying to show yourself approve, a workman who needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. What does it mean to rightly divide? Righteously divide. Righteousness divides the human from the Shekinah that came from the source of Jesus Christ, the Godhead. Jesus Christ, the Messiah. So you, you can discern the glory of the Messiah when you study the Word. And now, that's the mercy seat. And what does it say? Mercy is new every morning towards who? Those who can rightly divide it, who don't add it to self, who don't add it to me, my own plans, and the things I want to do to look Christian in front of others, the, the approval, yeah. and blah, blah, blah. No, the approval of God is what we yeah. seek. Amen? Yeah. It's like there's those different categories. Some people, you know, there's the scribes and the teachers of the law. So what is that? So, uh, you know, in the apostolic here as teachers, we're teachers of the law of the Father that is, you know, bringing down, down the ten weeks from, you know, in, from the third heavens and beyond. That's, you know, what we do. There are scribes. So when you're taking notes or when you're scribing, you're helping with things, when you're a teacher, right, when you begin to learn, some of you, you've learned for some years now, 
and you kind of start to help to teach others. I know you're, you do a really good job. You guys do a really good job of not going beyond your heights. And you should never teach beyond your height. Otherwise, it opens up a chaos heavens where the horror of Babylon with her chariot goes through and works destruction. And if it grows too big, uh, death, the spirit of death can swoop down and start to do some damage. So, you know, understanding that. Uh, but it's important to never teach beyond your level. Right? If you haven't gone there, you haven't surpassed it, you cannot teach on it. The only thing you can possibly do is unleash, unleash chaos about it. And so that you just stay in the fear of the Lord. I'm content. Be like King David. You want to be a king? You want to be a queen of righteousness and rule and reign? And I know everybody wants to have their own kingdom and be in charge and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Trust me, if you had our position for like, just give it a couple of days, give it a couple of weeks. I, you know, people come to the front line sometimes and they get scared. Like, oh my God. You know, I didn't know it was going to be real. Because yeah. you don't deal with it when you're not really on the front lines. God gives people what they can handle, and he's raised us up to be able to handle, you know, different things. Uh, so understand, don't teach beyond your level. And scribes and teachers of the law, that's that potential of the seed of the Pharisees. So understand, when you're doing, you know, practice when you're doing your note-taking, have the fear of the Lord in your note-taking. When you're teaching each other, like, you know, you guys get together with your groups and you talk and you fellowship. I think that's great. Just, you know, have the fear of the Lord when you're helping each other. You instruct each other, right? You share from your experiences or you share from your notes. And that's really healthy, but just keep the fear of the Lord that, you know, it, it's that self-importance. I I know I studied a lot so I can help others. And that's also a hidden demon of self-importance and needing to be valued and oh people will look up to me you know part of this walk is people may despise you <laughs> people who are supposed to be helping you cursing you or being augured by demons against you and that's just kind of how it goes eventually I, I don't believe it's always going to be like that as more of heaven comes down through the heavens and the earth you know the pure heavens and the, the principalities are shaken from the heavens had such a glorious uh, confrontation last night. And uh, if you know uh, Bob Jones and how he talks about the difference between dreams and visions and then being there, like in the spirit, you know, you were there. Uh, and there was a confrontation going on last night and a lot of prayer and intercession. And just, you know, I, had no, I, I knew we were going to deal with the red dragon when we came here, but I didn't realize it would be back-to-back -back red dragon and Molech and whatever else everything else was it was kind of intense and crazy uh but i just you know connecting in the sincerity of our intentions with the father is what unleashes the clarity and the power to overcome the satans and so that was really cool and uh i saw last night too now this is really interesting you know the circles on the diagram that have at the top of the keter you have the lamb you have the uh Ein Sof or the Ein Sof and then the Ein. And in the second heavens, I saw that it's separate, it's lower than the third heavens, but the enemy has their own like counterfeit dimensions within that within their tenth or within their yeah, tenth week. And in the center of it, 
I saw the Owl of Molech. And now we had so many signs and wonders even since before we came to Miami. Like, uh, even in the video game, even in like the, the manifestations on the walls out here, that it, we were going to be dealing with Molech. We saw we were going to be dealing with the Red Dragon and dealing with Molech. And, and it doesn't really get much higher than that. We're talking about the very top level that the Kingdom of Hell has to offer. So, you know, it's pretty exciting at the same time that God, you know, he doesn't let us handle anything that we're not ready for. So that's encouraging. It's the demonic arc. There. Yeah, the demonic arc. So it's arc versus arc. Basically pirate ship versus pirate ship. Exactly, yeah. Sailing the seven supernal seas and beyond into the infinite. And so it's their false eternity. And what that is, is I'm just seeing this now, I'm understanding this, a spirit of understanding, that's their false infinity loop. Those three rings of those, their three ring circus, literally, contains the false eternity out of human hearts, which is what powers their false love. All stolen. With all, all miraculous healings, gemstone dust, signs and wonders, dreams, the manipulation of dreams and spiritual vision and tongues and interpretation of tongues and all the fivefold. It's all that false infinity loop of false love. They're three ring circus. And it looks just like on my charts, but instead of with the lamb, they had theirs off to the side in the second heavens to mimic that infinity. And in the center was that face of the owl of Molech. And so there I was, and I saw my soul and my souls that went all the way up through eternity. So my lowest soul and my body and going all the way back through time uh, to where you know I grew up all the way to like the future. So it was like end from the beginning kind of glory. And I saw like, it was like the layers of all the worlds. And when I saw it was Molech and I knew this, okay, this is a confrontation right now. We're in the spirit. I began to, to say in command and decree that every owl in the heavens must confess that Jesus Christ came in the flesh. And when I opened my mouth and spoke, it was like the Lord was inside of my mouth and it was like the voice of many waters but it sounded like my voice but the Lord was in it and it was like thunders like all the Gevrat that we've acquired going you know going up in, in all the worlds and all the forgiveness of forgiving other sins and forgiving my sins was blazing this cross it was like the like time and space rippling in this clash of powers from all the way to the 11th week, down from the 11th week, and then hitting theirs in the 10th week of the second heavens, all the way down into the earth. And it was a clash of power. It was so intense. I don't know if you have many layers of soul or you have your Ru'al layers, when you hit some other spiritual force, you feel the ripples. It's like that, but like think like 10 worlds high. It was so much energy clash. I've never experienced anything like it in my entire spiritual life. It was exhilarating, terrifying, wonderful, horrible, amazing. What next? You know, it, it was happening so fast too. And I began to open my mouth and sing about the blood of Jesus and the name of Jesus, calling on the name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus, calling on the blood of Jesus through all the heavens and to shake loose. And I kept singing and commanding that every owl in the heavens must decree, must declare that Jesus Christ came in the flesh. Bam! And then it just ripples. And I saw the holy white 
owl-like, and I say owl-like, that's the closest thing we have to describe them, who did not fall. Those are the type of beings that Molech was before he fell. And we still have many in the kingdom of heaven who did not follow Satan. And they have not lost the glory. And they are strong and mighty because they are loyal and faithful to God's leadership. They were not offended when God picked Jesus, when God picked a man, Adam, for a specific destiny. These angels were not jealous, they were loyal and faithful. Even if God took this little dude and said, hey, and by the way, he's gonna be in charge of all the angels and everything. They were not offended because they love God. The fallen angels were offended because that meant that little, that little tiny dot of light is my boss. Yeah, right. I'm out of here doing my own kingdom, doing my own thing. I'm called to be a leader. I'm called to be in charge, blah, blah, blah. That's a perversion of your destiny, which is the rebellious spirit. It's the pride, the pride, the rebellion. Yep, distrust. But it'll get you killed. It may sound really good and shiny now, but it will get you killed and tormented for eternity if you don't repent. So, the humility where the things of God come in seed form, but the pride is like, well, it's so pathetic now. But but look at it thousands of years later. The, in, during the time of the resurrection, the, the saints will outshine the brightest angels. So at first, it looks terrible. Like the Sephiroth. But this is God's wisdom. And this is really how he teaches yeah. in heaven. That you can't judge that way you have to trust the process and all the things that come in seed form from our mm -hmm. father and understand that it's only human nature to to misjudge things higher on the sephiroth than you right because when we go up we sacrifice gifts and visions and knowledge like we sacrifice all the charismatic stuff that most people they really they, that's what they value the ability to just go around and get everybody up out of a wheelchair and whatnot like all the stuff that everyone values that because you can see it with your eyes, right? You can see it, taste it, touch it, like you see it on the outside, but all it does is change power only changes the natural realm. They need to also value this build up the inner intelligence, mm -hmm. Christ in you. Christ that's one. number one. The other stuff, mm -hmm. he will ask you to do it. You mm -hmm. will have signs and wonders continuously. You, your shadow will heal the sick like Peter. The most important thing that where people will go into idolatry mm -hmm. is that they forget to develop the inner intelligence, which is the purpose of redemption, the development of the seed into the full light. Mm -hmm. Because the, you don't overcome the fall unless the inner intelligence continues to shine ever brighter. And so that's where people get off into all the weirdness that we're trying to prevent you from falling into. As long as you're in the narrow path of the ever-increasing inner intelligence, you will continue to grow faithfully in Christ. Amen. Amen. So it's really important. And I want to share this with you too, because, you know, I've had really great success so far by the grace of God in rising. It's not possible when you're at a lower rung, it's not possible to judge correctly somebody who is higher than you. It always, remember the wisdom God shared with us, the higher things always look like foolishness. So... You may come from charismatic church where the value is on lay on hands on everybody and heal everybody. Well, Jesus, how many charismatic Pharisees did Jesus go around laying hands on and healing? Zero. Yeah, not a single one. Not even, 
Not a single one healing ministry. He didn't pray for a single one of them. Not a single one. Bob Jones. Why did Bob Jones tell us that he was dying and he wasn't supposed to? He was praying for Pharisees. Yeah, he was really. He was praying for Pharisees. When the holy, when the anointing says no and you stop, and he kept going because it's a nice thing to do to pray for everybody. Yeah. That'll get you killed. False love. False love. Totally. So some of these people just need to face the, you know, whatever they need to go through to change the heart. God, when God is moving, the Spirit is moving. And the oil, he's he's flowing. That's when it's unlimited anointing. But when you're squandering oil, which please just receive forgiveness for that right now in Jesus' name. Just be forgiven. Because the Lord wants to instruct you more correctly. And instruct us more correctly in the way so that you can make it the distance. And you want to go to the heights. Uh, just understand, you know. This is my experience when I began to go to the top of the mountain with Brandon uh, when I first joined an RLM. I had crazy sight, like crazy visions, dreams all the time. I was like flying up into the Earth's atmosphere, seeing the angelic council just as readily as I could see you sitting here. I was getting words of knowledge from people at work all day. I saw chronic diseases healed and cancer healed and blah, 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 all this stuff. But it was wearisome, right? It's just a whole lot of gifts. When I sacrificed it to learn the river inside of me, guess what? Temporarily, I lost all of it. I remember that. And I felt like, what's wrong? I used to, yeah, I was freaking out, man. I used to be more holy than this. I used to I be used more to be spiritual. such a seer. I hear that for, from everyone. Everyone goes through that. It's not, just, it's not just you. No, you, no, you're just actually beginning sanctification. You're just learning how to be a disciple, Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> to actually be close to the Lord because in all their visions, the, here's the lie, the deception. They think because they see visions, you know, oh, you're a seer, you have visions, or you're a gifted healer, or, you know, you have manifestations. That means you must be close to the Lord. And they're like 10 worlds away from his throne. And then you look at like, well, what's that buckwheat doing up? 10 weeks, 11 weeks high up there. Can't even tell what's going on half the time with blah, 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 or whatever. God will test you to see if you're going to walk by faith. So understand, there are times and seasons and tests. And whenever, as soon as you get comfortable with a gift that's from God, and you start to lean and rely on a gift from God, if you decide to continue walking by faith, it doesn't continue to work, right? In the ninth world, I could not rely on what got me through the eighth world. Didn't work anymore. When I was in the eighth world, what I did in the seventh world didn't work. Same kind of signs and wonders. It was all totally different. When I was in the seventh world, I had a real, I had a real harsh reality check stepping into that one real pride check man and there was satan standing right in my way i couldn't even cross over to the next world until i humbled myself god was very severe with me but why because the fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom and that wisdom is purity that comes down from above and you're going to need more of it the higher you go there the standard keeps getting raised we have to keep repenting when i was in the sixth world Oh my gosh, it was so different. I was so terrified when I stepped foot in the sixth world. I was like, Berea, what is this? It looks dark. 
I'm kind of scared. There's only that little light coming through. What is this place? It's like, right? This isn't about to be like a murder movie, right? <laughs> you know, you know, I, you know, have human thoughts like that. It was so different than Absolute of Yet Zero, which was, by the way, one of the craziest emotional roller coasters of the whole Sephiroth. It's like, you know, for both of us, I think that was the one Absolute of Yet Zero was just like the emotions were high up way up way down way you know it deals with the seed of the emotions yet zero is the world of emotion so what do you think is going to be irritated to the maximum your emotions what are you gonna have to do i don't care about my emotions i don't care about how it makes me feel i don't care if i feel like my I feel like my heart is broken. I feel like my dreams are over. I feel like I'm gonna be lonely forever. Who cares? Buck up, Buckwheat. Guess what? There's healing in the purity and the righteousness. So any attempts at consoling the flesh, oh, I feel sad. Oh, I feel lonely. Oh, I feel poor and like I, I want more things than I have. Oh, I feel this, I feel that. You know what? All of that is a nasty band-aid on a rotten piece of flesh that needs to burn in the fire that needs to be crucified on the cross with Jesus. So never cater to the emotions. Don't go by what you see. Definitely don't go by what you feel or what you hear unless it's the word of God, the sword, to pierce your senses and it'll nail your senses to the cross. So guess what? Your thoughts are wrong. Your training has been wrong. A lot of your training has been wrong. Your judgment about, well, I feel justified. Look, I've got I've got signs and wonders. Check the fruit. Most don't. Check the fruit. And you'll make it. And the reason why we're, we give you tough love is where else is, you can't find anywhere else in the world right now that will give you this level of truth and love. Love rejoices with the truth. We want you to make it. Discipling and righteousness over all the things of Shekinah glory. That's what righteousness really is the government of light. And everything of light, stolen light, and holy light uh, of the angels. And so that's what right righteousness is over all the angels. That's why it's such a different kind of leadership and teaching here. Because it, it corrects all the possibilities of deception in all forms of light in the universe. And that's really what you need to stay rock solid in Christ and never go astray for eternal growth. Amen. Amen. How to survive the cosmos. And that's going to be you. That's going to be you. It's good, you guys. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful evening. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Amen. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, esteemed viewers of RLM TV, thank you for joining us in this sacred space where we come together to explore the profound teachings of the Bible. Today I stand before you to extend a heartfelt invitation to support RLM TV, a platform that endeavors to bring the timeless wisdom of the scriptures into the homes and hearts of believers around the world. In the book of Proverbs chapter 4 verse 7, we are reminded that wisdom is the principal thing, and with all our getting, we should get understanding. RLM TV is dedicated to providing that understanding to unravel the layers of divine knowledge embedded in the Holy Scriptures. Your support is crucial in allowing us to continue this noble mission. As we embark on this journey, let us draw inspiration from the Gospel of Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. 
where Jesus instructs his disciples to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. RLM aspires to fulfill this divine commission by reaching out to souls across the globe, illuminating their lives with the light of God's Word. Your generous contributions play a pivotal role in sustaining this beacon of enlightenment. The Gospel of Luke chapter 6 verse 38 encourages us with the promise that when we give, it will be given to us in good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. By supporting RLM TV, you are sowing seeds of spiritual abundance, not only for yourselves, but for countless others who will reap the harvest of God's grace through this ministry. In the book of Malachi, chapter 3, verse 10, we are challenged to bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in God's house. RLM TV is that spiritual storehouse where the sustenance of God's word is shared abundantly. Your financial contributions ensure that the storehouse remains full, allowing us to continue feeding the hungry souls seeking nourishment for their faith. In conclusion, let us heed the words of Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, which assures us that our God will supply every need of ours according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. As you consider contributing to RLM TV, know that you are partaking in a divine partnership to spread the richness of God's glory through the medium of internet and television. Thank you for your attention, and may your hearts be moved to support RLM TV as we journey together in the pursuit of spiritual enlightenment and understanding. God bless you abundantly. Amen.